Hey, this is Joe Buca with another episode of Man Up, the podcast to help men reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and live eternally. And I'm sitting here with my good friend, Doug Palmeter. Uh, we've been friends probably 30 plus years, maybe 35 years. We've known each other long. Doug and Fran live in Orono, Maine, where the University of Maine is. They have three wonderful young men, boys, or men now. They're not just boys anymore, but they're all college age or older and so Doug and I I just kind of on wild hair drove up here to see him and he made time for me we had lunch together and Doug's one of those guys that when I spend time with Doug I know I'm gonna think you're mm-hmm. you're a challenging in a good way challenge me to think deeper than just at the surface level and I really appreciate that about you my friend but um what a, yeah so today at lunch we were talking a little bit about our father wounds and we have a real similar father wound but yeah just tell me a little bit about your father wound and kind of just yeah, as yeah, you've right, understood right. over the years no thanks Joe my dad was a really really good man and that's good and that's not so good um he had very high standards of excellence he had high standards of of how to do things and the problem is when you're a little kid, you can't live yeah. up to those standards. And uh, my dad was very formal. We, would, uh, we couldn't come to dinner in a, in a white T-shirt. Um, if I did, he would come down the stairs, fold his arms, look at me, shake his hand and say, Douglas. And those are the, those are the words that I remember whenever yeah. I did something wrong, which wrong was not living up to his standard. Yeah. And he would look at me and say, Douglas, and uh, inside, you know, I'd feel condemned. I remember um, my dad did a lot of work from home. He was a um, manager of constructions for utility company, mm-hmm. and uh, he did a lot of dictation from home, and I would go into his office, which was kind of like an next room on the house, and he would be reading the paper, studying some papers from work, and he would, uh, and I just wanted to connect with him. And he would lower his newspaper or paper and say, yes, Douglas, may I help you? And Mm -hmm. I didn't need help. I just wanted my dad to love me. I just wanted to love my dad. And I'd say, no, no, dad. And and before I could say anything else, he would say, very well, and lift his paper back up and continue the conversation. So I became a Christian my my third year at university. And uh, my, my dad, you know, everybody says, well, I know my dad loved me. But he never told me that. Yeah. I don't ever remember once him telling yeah. me that. And, you know, maybe it was his generation or his way. You know, he would give us money or mm-hmm. provide for us, whatever. But anyway, when I became a Christian at school, I, I knew something was wrong about this love thing. And, uh, and so I started to, uh, uh, to work on my dad and my mom and telling them that I love you. And I can remember uh, one of the first times, it was so funny, I went in and my dad was sitting in the same chair, doing the same work. That's the same newspaper. Same <laughs> newspaper, probably. I sat down opposite him, he, he, he drops the paper and he says, yes, Douglas, may I help you? And I can remember now, I'm like 30 years old by this time. I'm out of, out of college when I did this, I think. And uh, I said, no, dad. And he goes to put the paper up. And I said, but can a son just talk with his dad? Wow. And my dad put the paper down, folded it up, and we actually had a conversation. Wow, that's sweet. And that was the first time that I remember ever having a real Mm. conversation with my dad. And uh, that was the beginning. 
And I would, uh, on occasion, I would tell him, hey, Dad, I love you. And he would say, well, your mother and I love you also. (laughs) (laughs) And then he got to a point after several years, I'd say, Dad, I love you. He'd say, I love you too, Douglas. And it really came to the point where I could say to my dad, you know, and, and to be honest, I don't expect old people to change. My dad changed. And he got, really he got to a point where I would say to him, um, Dad, I love you. And he would simply say, thank you. Wow. But how did it affect me? Um, I think in two big ways. One is the, the self-criticalness that I would be critical of myself and I could never measure up. Yeah. And uh, this really showed up, I think, a lot with gals is I was fearful, I know I'm making a little jump, but I was fearful of intimacy and relationships because I never had intimacy with my dad. And so I would chase these girls until they emotionally gave themselves to me, and then I'd run the other way. Mm. Uh, That's not a great way to go through life. (laughs) So the second part of your your thing is when I I work with these younger guys, I I can hear my, when, when they share with me their failures and their struggles, I can hear in my head my dad saying an answer to that or a solution to that problem or something that they did wrong or something they should do right. And maybe I go too far the other way, but I I usually use simple words that that somebody told me to say 30 years ago. I just say to my, tell me more. Mm. And to the most incommunicative person, then I'll say, tell me more, then I'll start counting. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll see if I can make it to 10. And, and usually uh, you can't. And yeah. uh, I do this with the adults mm-hmm. I work with. See, men, have, men today where I work want to talk. Yeah. Nobody listens. Yeah. And that's what I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. doing, Joe. And they want and need affirmation. Well, yeah, that affirmation and, and to me beyond that, nobody believes in anybody anymore. Yeah. You know, and when you start believing in these guys and telling them you're proud of them, they they just respond yeah. because nobody's really ever actually loved them. They've they've yeah. said those words, but you know, a lot of them come from d- divided families where yeah. parents try so hard to love, yeah. but one person can't give what two people are yeah. supposed to, and uh, mm. they grow up without those those love yeah. connections. So tell me, I guess another follow up question is this. How were you able to love your sons differently or help them experience your love differently than you experienced? Like for me, I would say I love my children differently than I was loved because I was trying to recover from that father wound. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... You got three boys. What are their names? Yeah. Zach, Josh, and Dan. Yeah. And Zach's 25, getting married to a great gal. Uh, Josh is in uh, graduate school and Dan is in uh, Dickens University courses. Um, Fran, that's my wife, really helped me uh, to understand that uh, raising kids is a process, not a product. And <laughs> you I married was, a good one there, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And I always, I was always focused on the product. And I, this came to my attention once when I was building some rebuilding stairs. I was so concerned with getting them right. And right in the middle of the whole process, and Zach was with me. He was five or six. Right in the middle of the whole process, I realized that it was a process, not a product. Mm. And if he wanted to pound nails in crooked, he could pound them in crooked. But it was the process of relating to them, the mm. process of them going through life together and with me, 
It wasn't about getting it right. It wasn't even, it sounds bad, it's not even about them coming out right and good and proper. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds good. You know, and and it's the process. And so that was a real turning point. Like I said, Zach was about Mm -hmm. five, and he was my oldest. And uh, I started to understand, I know I'm repeating myself, I started to understand that life is a process, relationships Mm. are a process. I, I didn't have to get the stairs done. I didn't have to get them done my way. It was about doing them together that really yeah. counted. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And my, uh, we were on uh, Campus Crusade Summer Projects together, and you really affected my leadership. You're always somebody that I felt like thought outside the box, didn't just accept the status quo, wanted to find new ways, effective ways, healthy ways to do things, to train leaders. And I just really appreciate watching you over the years invest in men, invest in men, teaching them how to think, how to how to deal with complex issues and um you're you're a winner dude you, oh, you've had thanks, a great impact bro. on a lot of lives and i really really appreciate that thanks for being my friend too you're welcome thank you you're welcome so, bye-bye how long are we taking